0: Hello, hello, what up, it, what's up, <laughs> it's your boy Shimmer, and so today I'm going to be recording a podcast on ENEE 322, this is the first week of ENEE 322, discrete signal analysis right in front of me, I do have the notes. Um, the first lecture, we did not really go over anything, um, however, the second lecture which was Thursday, and the first lecture was Tuesday. The um, first lecture, we did not do anything, and the second lecture, we actually just started briefly on chapter one. I did read right before it, so I actually learned a lot because it really engaged me. So what I'm going to be doing is actually just r- recording my notes, and um, yeah. So in the lecture, we start off with chapter one, uh, he explains that signals equal functions of an independent variable that convey info. So for example, he sends us, or he shows us to write down a battery that has a signal vs, uh, and there's a resistor. then there's a capacitor, and it's from plus to minus, and it says VC. So the signals in the circuit is Vs in terms of time, VC in terms of time and I in terms of time. So VS is the voltage coming from the battery, VC is the voltage across the capacitor, and I is the current going through this whole circuit. Now, there are signals everywhere. Uh, By looking at this picture, looks like going to the left, it's PV, which is friction, and then there's an applied force going to the right, which is the independent variable, and the independent variable equals time because ch- time cannot be changed. It is the force. And then the time is the uh, y-axis, I guess. And then other example of a signal is acoustic pressure and speech. Uh, and the next one is brightness of picture, independent variables, x, y, two-dimensional. It's spatial. So those are just a few examples that the professor gave us of different signals. Now... We get to the second part, Uh, system transforms. So you put an input signal, x of t, into an output signal, y of t. Now, these are continuous signals because it's in parentheses, as well as having the function of time. However, there are discrete signals, x bracket n, and the output signal would be y bracket n. And so that is for the discrete time. Continuous is, you know, a sinusoidal wave or something like that. And discrete time is like the lines and there's like a little dot on the top. So usually systems are drawn in a way like there's a arrow going towards a box from left to right. That's X of T. And then the box happens and inside the box is like whatever you want to happen to the system. And then Y of T is the output going from left to right. Of the right of the box so for the continuous signal we do have a graph right here and uh, it's x of t it's a continuous time signal and then right next to it is similar but it's in the discrete form um, so it's just showing two different types of signals now for physical systems instantaneous power is related to square of a signal so for example power dissipated by a resistor Um, don't really get that but I guess I will explain P equals IV which is power uh, in a circuit or it equals V over R times V so V squared over R or equals 1 over R times V squared and that's the power being dissipated Define energy over T1 to T2. As T1 is being integrated towards T2, it's X of T squared DT. Now, that is the energy across time 1 and time 2. Time average power is that same thing, so integral from T1 to T2. And what's being integrated is x t squared dt that's 1 over t2 minus t1 is being... hello what is up okay so this is the second part of this screen analysis because i don't know why it just ended after five minutes and that was very weird but i'm going to keep going so uh, the next page this is the second page energy over negative infinity to infinity energy subscript infinity is defined by the integral of negative infinity to uh, infinity. And what's being integrated is x of t absolute value squared dt if it's finite. If there is a finite energy value, that's what it is. And so the average power over negative infinity to infinity is p subscript infinity equals limit as t approaches infinity uh, that Will be 1 over 2t times the integral from negative t to t and what's being integrated is x of t absolute value squared, excuse me dt if finite so a um, This is these are examples x of t equals one from zero to one, otherwise it's zero. So if T is from zero to one, it's one and otherwise it's zero. So E subscript infinity equals one, therefore P subscript infinity equals zero. So if the energy is finite, then the power will be zero. And if that power is finite, then the E can be undefined. Um, that's what we get from example B. Example C is showing that if E is infinite and P is infinite, then they both don't work. So then we get to discrete time. Instantaneous power is x bracket n close bracket absolute value squared energy over n1 n through n2 is n2 sigma n equals n1 x bracket and it's sigma because we can't do the integral because it's discrete so you have to sum up from n1 to n2 so instead of integrating and having t and dt it's the summation for it so Average power, instead of what the previous one was, it was 1 over 2t integral from negative t to t, x sub t squared dt, um, for the discrete time, the average power is 1 over n subscript 2 minus n subscript 1 plus 1. So that's the second point minus the first point plus 1 because when you're actually subtracting those values, you get one less, that's why. So summation n equals n1, and at the top of the summation, it's n2, and it's xn um, squared, absolute value squared. So it, it's very similar concept, and for the energy, it's just sigma n equals negative infinity to infinity x n squared and then p is infinity equals limit as n approaches infinity 1 over 2 n plus 1 so that's the uh, average not the average power but that's just the power when approaching infinity so on to the next page transformations of independent variables so here we are on continuous time example a time shift if A is greater than 0. So Y Y of T is defined as X of T minus A. So X, parenthesis, T minus A, close parenthesis, equals Y of T, Y, parenthesis, T. So uh, it's a delay by A if it's a minus Delay by a. And that's if a is greater than 0. So, uh, explaining that, um, let's say we're at time 0. And so it would be x of 0 minus a. And if a is positive, meaning if a is greater than 0, that means that the time will be slowed down. And so then, hold on, it's ending. I don't know why it doesn't. right, so I'm starting to get the hang of it. It's five-minute bursts um, because they just wanted to make it easier. Um, so here we go. So what I was explaining before is that x of t minus a, the reason why it's uh, like that is because, you know, if it's negative a, that means you're shifting the time, the output, Um, is being shifted and slowed down. Now, if A is negative, that turns the whole equation inside of the parentheses into a positive, meaning it advances the time, if that kind of makes sense. Like, you're making time go faster a little bit, you know? Um, So, for example, if in X of T minus A, you get 8 when T equals 0... And A, uh, actually, I'll I'll just skip the example. So B is time reversal. Y of T equals X of negative T. So basically, you're just flipping it on its vertical axis. You know, that sort of makes sense. Uh, C, time scaling. Y of T equals X of A times T. So that if A is greater than zero, you are then being... If A is greater than 0, and or greater than 1, if A is greater than... Well, A has to be greater than 0 in the time scaling, and so if A is greater to, Otherwise, that would be a time reversal. And then if A is greater than 1, then it's being compressed. Okay, so like 2T. Um, you're placing that closer, and then if... A if it's less than 1, so meaning if it's like 1 half, then the whole signal is being expanded. All right, on to the next page. So y of t equals x of negative 2t plus 3. So this is basically a mixture of all the three uh, signal shifting and whatnot. So what the professor did was split up this, split this up so that it'd be easier for the student to actually uh, calculate this because doing it all at once would be so tough. So what he first did is separate into three parts. Y1 of t, Y2 of t, and Y3 of t. So Y1 of t equals X of t plus 3. So the original, if you don't remember, is X of negative 2t plus 3. So he took out the negative 2 and just made it X of t plus 3 just to make it easier and so what that does is it put, pushes the whole signal back by three, because if you remember, if a is greater than uh, zero, it makes it uh, what is it? It makes advance by a. So then y two of t equals y one of two t, which equals x of two t plus three. So now instead of the negative. He is now adding the 2 in front of the t, which, um, if we do remember, compresses it by 2, by the factor of 2, yep, and then y3 of t would equal, he adds in the negative, and so then flips it along the vertical axis, axis, so if we recap, we um, shifted it back 3, then we compressed it by a factor of 2, and then we flipped it along the vertical axis. So you split it into three different parts, excuse me. So then if we do that in the discrete time, time shift must be an integer of n of n uh, naught, or n subscript 0. So y of n equals x of n minus n naught. So time reversal is similar to continuous time in the fashion where y of n equals x of minus n for a time reversal. And then time scaling, uh, time scaling is uh, y of n equals x of a times n. So you can't choose uh, anything from 0 to 1 since n has to be an integer which is tricky. A should be an integer. If A is greater than 1, then Y of N ignores some of the values of X of N. What is useful, though, uh, it's about an end, so we're about to get to the next part. So, what is useful is Y of N equals X subscript K, uh, bracket N, closed bracket. So that is defined by x bracket n over k if n is divisible by k. Otherwise, it is zero. So I can't really explain that too much uh, ever. Um, hopefully it will make sense to me later on. So there is a slight example. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So x, uh, kind of, x of n, um, there's three different points, uh, 0, 1, and 2. They both have different y values. So 0 is 3, 1 is 1, 2 is at 3. So now y of n is equal to x subscript 2 of n. And that means everything that is not even becomes 0. And everything and everything gets um, everything gets moved to a factor of two. So the same values that I just explained that 0 is 3, 1 is 1, 2 is 3 is now at uh, 0 is at 3, 2 is at 1 because it's moved to even, and then 4 is at 3. Uh, For periodic signals, continuous time, x of t is periodic with period t, capital T. So uh, x, parenthesis, t plus capital T equals x of t, and that's any time t. So smallest position of t is the fundamental, smallest position of capital T is called the fundamental period. So that is a constant signal, a constant signal has no fundamental period. So I guess that makes sense because it doesn't start at zero, it's just continuously going constantly. I, I think that's what that means. And then uh, we are approaching towards the end of the notes, uh, the lecture notes, which is good. I did read it further, but that will be in the next podcast so I can regurgitate the information. So the discrete time as x uh, of n period, period, periodical, I guess, with periodicity, uh, capital N. So before it was capital T for the continuous time, but now for the discrete time it is capital N. So everything is the same fundamental period, smallest such N. So uh, continuous time x of t equals sine omega naught t. The fundamental period is omega naught capital T equals 2 pi. So t equals 2 pi over omega naught, and that is uh, to find the period based on define the fundamental period so um, and then for the discrete time it's x of n equals sine square root of 2 n n periodic would require square root of 10 capital n equals m 2 pi for some integer m so this is where it kind of gets confusing Um, need clarification or homework or whatnot but square root of 2 over 2 pi equals m over capital n and that's a rational number I guess it must, it must, it has to be rational. So sine omega naught N is period, periodical with uh, omega naught over 2 pi. And it must be rational. So it has to be a rational number. Anyways, though, that is the end of the lecture notes for ENEE 322. We're still in chapter 1. That was basically from the lecture 2 from Thursday, August 31st. So we're going to see how I do in collecting this information. If it's worth it, Um, I might record another podcast for the other episode. But this is awesome. So thank you for listening. Hope you understand. This is just for me. But thank you. Have a good night.